0: Welcome to this episode of Executive Track. My name is Faith Abiodun. Have you ever wondered how other people perceive you? Have you ever truly stopped to imagine what people think and say about you, especially when you're not there? This could be your manager at work, your colleagues, or people who report to you. Perhaps this could be people who evaluate your application for a job or a promotion or some other opportunity. In essence how do you show up and specifically how do you show up in a corporate environment this episode is inspired in part by some of my reflections from job interviews that i have conducted applications that i have reviewed and conversations in which i have participated you know how they say that you should not judge a book by its cover yeah that's nonsense in the corporate environment. And in nearly every other environment, the cover does a lot to influence how we perceive the rest of the content. So let's get into it. You know, I recall a conversation from a while back when I was a mid-level employee in an organization. And we had just finished one of those meetings where senior management would present some fancy idea about a policy change, or a shift in direction, or something else that used to sound to us stuff like, this is why you should expect a less than standard salary increase this year. You know, right after the presentation, some of the big guns left the room and one of my colleagues just blotted out, what does this guy actually do? The rest of us in the room were quite stunned because he was referring to one of the senior executives in the organization. But on reflection, we all shared his curiosity. The fellow he was talking about always came across as someone who believed they did super important stuff, but no one had a clue what they actually did. Now, imagine that was you, and you weren't a senior executive, or you weren't a manager, or you weren't anyone who was considered super important in your organization structure. How would you rate your own chances of getting a promotion or being selected for an opportunity? Basically, if you don't show up properly or if people struggle to place you, don't you think your chances of advancement in the workplace are kind of diminished? Think about this. What keywords will your colleagues or your manager use in describing you? you need to be thinking beyond the nice fluffy descriptions like she's a good person or he's a great guy to have on the team do people think about you as a data analysis expert or strong writer or a multilingual negotiator a good strategist or some other description that is not so generalist that it loses value do they think about you as indispensable Will they struggle to replace your skills on the team? Are you reputed for being a hard worker, someone who's relentless in the pursuit of excellence? Do they think about you as someone who asks the right questions, someone who always brings such a unique perspective to conversations? Are you known for being resourceful, for being someone who is always able to relate concepts to other concepts and generally improve the quality of work that people do? How do you show up? When you get a chance, take some time by yourself and interrogate this question a little bit deeper. Maybe you'll recall things that people have said about you or comments that you've picked up in person. Take all of this and then contrast them with the one person whom you think about as being a role model in your organization. What do they do? that you don't do what do they have what inspiration can you take from them think about this a little bit but now let's focus a bit on how you show up to potential employers especially during the interview process one of the questions that i typically ask interviewees is this what have your previous colleagues said that they enjoyed about working with you in the past You might also ask the question like this. What do people dislike about working with you? Or what have people who have worked with you complained about? I've got some very revealing answers to these questions whenever I've asked them. I think because people are often caught unawares and they are unable to mask the answers in some politically correct mumbo-jumbo. I've also found them to be much better alternatives to the traditional tell me about your strengths and tell me about your weaknesses i believe that what we know or what we guess to be the perceptions that people hold of us are often the truest reflections of how we show up let's build on this further there's a way that you show up not just in the words that you speak but also in the content that you produce and that matters a lot one of the reflections that stands out the most for me from my previous interview experiences has been the quality of presentations that I have received whenever an assignment has been requested. I won't go into the details right now about people who unfortunately presented work that was riddled with typos or used multiple fonts on the same document or they just got the layout painfully wrong. You know, all of these are terrible. And frankly, they say a lot about the quality of work that a prospective employee might produce if hired. As painful as it sounds, good intentions do not matter. It is all about the quality of what is on display. Now, I have found that those who make an effort to produce visually appealing assignments have tended to travel much further in the recruitment process than those who didn't. There's just something about someone who takes the effort to deliver not just good content, but a good presentation, and that is extremely appealing. I would even venture to say that you could make an interviewer positively biased towards you just by the quality of your presentation. If you've seen some expertly created slides, perhaps the kind that are created by consultants, you will not much appreciate shoddy slides going forward. And so, if you're applying for a role and you get a chance to do an assignment, I suggest that you give as much attention to the presentation of your work as you do to the quality of your ideas. And here's why that matters. Everything I've talked about so far is rooted in the science of organizational behavior. There are lots of factors that influence how we perceive others. And those perceptions, which could be very, very different from objective reality, in turn decide how we act towards people. In a submission that she made for first reference, a Canadian human resources lawyer and academic, Christina Katanachi, identified six kinds of perception that could have significant impact on a work situation. First, what she calls fundamental attribution error. This is a situation where you underestimate the influence of external factors and overestimate the influence of internal factors when you're making judgments about the behavior of others. We do this all the time. Secondly, she lists self-serving bias, the tendency that we have to attribute our own success to internal factors while blaming our failures on external factors. Thirdly, selective perception. Our tendency to selectively interpret what we see based on our own interests, our backgrounds, our experiences and our attitudes. This is a common one. We tend to see other people as we are. Through the lenses of our own experiences and as such, we judge them based on where we are coming from rather than where they are coming from. In my experience, It has been typical for an American manager, for example, to rate the work of an American employee in a multilingual multicultural environment, perhaps differently than they rate the work of others. It's often unconscious, but it's the reality. Fourth, and slightly related to selective perception, is the concept of projection. It's our tendency to attribute our own characteristics to other people. We begin to expect elements of our own personality in other people. And then, the exact opposite of this is what we see in the fifth kind of perception. Stereotyping. This is our tendency to judge others on the basis of a group to which the person belongs or an affiliation of theirs. Now, get this right. We are all guilty of stereotyping, and it builds over time. As we experience people from different cultures and backgrounds, you begin to perceive people from a particular demographic maybe to be incredible hard workers while you perceive others to be lax. You think about some as culturally insensitive and then you think about others as overly emotional maybe. You can imagine how these biases affect the decisions that we make about hiring, about promotions, about appointments. These are real issues. And finally, Christina Katanachi signifies the halo effect. The tendency to draw a general impression about an individual based on a single characteristic. In my experience, nowhere has this been more pronounced than the perception that we have of MBAs and particularly ex-consultants. You know, there are certain skills that they are believed to possess bump them to the front of the queue and you know paper over the cracks that are otherwise apparent and as a matter of fact non-mba grads often need to find ways to overcompensate for the glaring lack of this golden qualification whenever they're being compared side by side with mba grads and so if you show up to an interview and you luckily tick off one of these halo boxes for the interviewer you might find that the questions that are asked subsequently favorable to that one factor or maybe they just conclude instantly that you are a good fit for the company and I think that's why people tend to put things like ex Google or ex McKinsey or Harvard MBA in the LinkedIn titles because they're hoping to tap into that halo effect so now that you know those things and it's not that any of these biases or perceptions is wrong or illegitimate They just exist. How do you then compensate for what you don't have? How do you walk around these things and still show up competitively? How can you consciously adjust factors to be in your favor? How do you want to show up? Let me close on the example of that senior executive whom I referenced at the beginning. The interesting thing about that episode is that I had a little bit more insight Into what the person actually did and it was a lot but others did not have that insight and i could clearly see why no one else seemed to think that they did anything more than hop between meetings and look important it goes to show that no matter how high up you are on the ladder you are still being observed for how you show up titles years of experience these things do not take the questions away you always need to prove yourselves even to your subordinates. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I trust that you've got some relevant takeaways from today. And if so, please share this episode with a friend and let me know what resonated with you. I am convinced that the journey feels shorter when we travel together. Until next time, thank you for joining me on the executive track.